Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Do you have a child who is struggling with some hyperactivity and just this inability to focus? It feels like they are just needing to be constantly moving and on the go. And you would like to figure out some ways to help them to be able to just focus and to be able to enjoy life. Not that they're not enjoying life as they're moving, but a lot of times they might be missing out on some opportunities because of their hyperactivity. And so I just want to talk with you today about four different tips that I have found that have been helpful for my children in this area of hyperactivity and what it is we can do to help our children whenever it seems like their brains are just overstimulated. Welcome to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast. This podcast is for moms who are parenting differently able children. Maybe you desire to switch to a more natural lifestyle to improve your family's health, but you have no idea where to start. You're longing for more routines and time, but every time you try to implement those tips that you've spent hours researching, you realize that they don't work for your family dynamics. Hi, I'm Ashley. In this podcast, we will focus on implementing routines, switching to a more natural lifestyle, and uprooting those old mindsets that are keeping you stuck so that you can plant yourself firmly in the truth that Jesus offers you. Our focus will be on creating small, customizable changes that will build upon one another over time to create real impact in your life. If you want to hear from a mama who has been raising several children with special needs and who knows how important it is to do this in a way that's sustainable and that doesn't add to your overwhelm, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in those earbuds, reheat that coffee for the third time, and let's go. Okay, first and foremost, I do want to just address the fact that As most of you have probably heard, and if you haven't, there is this thing of neurodiversity. And so we do have brains that are wired differently. So a child's brain, it's possible it may just be wired differently. A child who has ADHD, typically their brain is wired differently than someone who does not. So I do think that it's very important to note the fact that to some degree, this may just be the way that your child's brain functions. There's also the idea of different learning styles. So a child who is a very kinesthetic learner is going to be a child who needs to be up moving and doing to learn. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them on either of these instances. However, I do know as well that there are times when we need our children to be able to focus. And more specifically, what I'm talking about is whenever it's this hyperactivity that seems like it's detrimental to them and to their health. What is it that we can do especially as we're just at, we're home with our children all the time. We are trying to figure out these different natural remedies and solutions to help our children, lifestyle changes to help our children. And we're just not really sure where to start. I just want to give you four basic tips that I have found that have been helpful for my kids in this area. And I also do just want to say that at the same time, it also is understanding and accepting and embracing that our child's brain may just function differently than ours, and that's totally okay. So how can we get creative to work with our child? How can we get creative to work with the way that their brain functions and to meet their needs? So my kinesthetic learners, how can I help them to move and to do as they learn? Instead of trying to force them into something such as sitting and doing a workbook page, which their brain is just not built to do. So I I want to say that first and foremost, because I want you guys to understand my heart, which is not to change our children, but instead to give them the tools and to make sure that what we're putting in and on their body and in their environment is going to help them and help to not be adding to that feeling of overstimulation that might be going on for them. So that would be my very first point is just to accept and embrace the fact that your child's brain 
may operate differently than yours and that that's totally okay, that that's a wonderful thing. Let's learn how to embrace it. Let's learn how to work with our child instead of trying to force them into a box that God did not design them to be in. Let's just work with them. Let's learn new skills that can help them. Let's learn new methods. I just think that if we can do that, it is a gift to our child and it's also a gift to us because then we truly can begin to see this connection and this change with our child because they understand that we get them and that we are here for them and that we are going to support them in whatever way that looks. And so when they feel that love and that support and they have the tools that they need that works best for the way that their brain works, that's whenever I feel like we really begin to see progress and that's when we can begin to see them being able to really grow and to thrive. So that is just always my foundation of anytime I, I am approaching anything with my kids. I want that lens to be my foundation. And then for number two, I do think it's also very important for us to understand and to acknowledge that our children, they need physical activity. So if your child is dealing with hyperactivity, I would look at, are they getting enough outside time? I mean, outside time is wonderful, especially for the vitamin D. We do try to avoid the sun typically between 12 and 3 because that is when it's the strongest. But if you can get them outside playing, so doing things like running, like riding bikes, climbing, jumping, all of those things that your child who they just may need that sensory input. I have kids who are very much sensory seekers and they want to run, they want to climb, they want to jump. We have basically a playground in our backyard of different resources that we have bought for them in order to try to help meet this need that they have. It's just acknowledging the fact that our children are sensory seekers. They do need this input of jumping, running, climbing, all of these things. So embracing that, making sure that they are getting enough outside time and that we are providing them with the tools and resources that they need in order to have that sensory input met so that then they're not looking for it elsewhere. I dread whenever it's going to be like right now, actually, we have multiple days of rain in the forecast. And I dread it because I know by like day two, my kids are going to be going stir crazy if we don't get outside and get let them play. We do have some things in our home, but it's just not the same as them getting outside having a wide open space, having a lot of different resources and toys and stuff that they can play with, that they can climb on, they can dig in the dirt, they can dig in the sand. It just, it's a whole thing of sensory input that helps them so much. I honestly, especially when it's a nice day, I strive for a couple of hours outside. That is my goal is about two hours outside. If we can do longer than that, that's amazing. There are some days when we don't get that long of a time, but that two hours is actually really my goal. So I'm not saying that should be your goal, but I think that you should be intentional about setting some type of goal. And I also think that you should base that off of your children. Pay attention when you only spend 30 minutes outside, how are they acting versus when you do spend two hours outside? Do you notice a difference in their activity level? Do they seem more hyperactive? Do they seem to be climbing the walls? Because those are the things I notice with my kids whenever we aren't getting outside enough and they're not being able to just have the space to get that energy out. So that would be number two for me. And then number three would be trying to remove food dyes from your home. This is something that some studies have been done showing that it has been linked to ADHD type of behaviors 
which basically it's just showing that it will increase hyperactivity and impulsiveness. And to be honest with you, there's really not, there is no nutritional benefit to food dyes. So there really cannot be an argument made to say, oh, well, my kids need that in their food. It's truly for looks. And I know I love to shop at Aldi because they do not, in their brand of stuff, they do not put food dye in them. So that is a great, more affordable alternative if you're looking for something. Obviously, as you're avoiding processed foods, that's going to help you to avoid food dyes as well as you're making your own stuff from home. All of these things that I know it takes time, it's a process, but as you start doing more and more of these things, it's going to be just so much easier to completely have food dyes out of your home. We don't have them in our home, and it's really, because we've been on this journey for so long, it's not something that's even needed in our home. Like, I don't even think about it the way I cook. It's not needed. It's not something that we miss. I don't put it in any of our food and I make pretty much all of our stuff from scratch and the few things I don't, I buy from Aldi. And so I've just found a pretty good system, but it is absolutely something that I have noticed whenever my kids have food dye, they do get more hyperactive and they tend to be more irritable. They tend to be more cranky. I have heard from other people who have shared similar experiences. So to me, it's something that it does not hurt to cut it out and to see if you notice a difference. Again, there it's not in there for nutritional value. So it's not, you're not taking any kind of nutrients away from your child. So trying that for a month and seeing if you notice a difference in your child, I think is a great way to see if maybe you can find some kind of correlation between food dyes and your child getting agitated, hyperactive, angry. There are so many different things that have been linked, behavioral things that have been linked to different food dyes. So I think it's just, a great basic thing to start with. Help your child to not feel so overstimulated and overwhelmed by those food dyes that are being put in their body. And then number four, I would say, would be to limit the amount of sugar that your child has. Now, this, it's a little bit, there aren't really any studies that have specifically proven that sugar would be linked with hyperactivity. But there are studies that have shown that People who have ADHD who consume large amounts of sugar have seen an increase in their ADHD symptoms from the large consumption of sugar. The other thing about sugar, it suppresses your immune system. Large amounts of sugar, it's, it's again, it's not there for nutritional value. So as I'm looking at these things, I'm not taking any kind of nutritional value away from my children. Actually, quite the contrary, I'm choosing to put better things in their body So I think if your child is consuming a very large amount of sugar, trying to limit that, trying to back off of that, again, if you're doing like lots of processed foods, those just naturally contain typically large amounts of sugar in order to boost the flavor. So as you are switching to a more natural kitchen and you are starting to make your own things, typically the amount of sugar that you consume can easily decrease And I am not saying don't allow your children to have any sugar at all. That's not what I mean. But if they are getting large amounts of sugar every day, it might be something worth trying to see if you notice a difference. And the reason why is because the reality is, is that sugar creates a blood sugar spike, which your body can basically read as stress, which is going to cause an adrenaline rush. And so that is not good for a child's body or an adult's body for that matter. 
But some people have said that that adrenaline spike is possibly what is causing the hyperactivity behaviors for those that are noticing an issue with sugar. The other thing for me, I think if you are going to give your child sugar, one, be wise about how you're doing it. So don't give them processed stuff. Give them something you've made at home. Do something like a more natural alternative like cane sugar, raw cane sugar, or honey, or maple syrup, or something like that. Then I think the other thing, I love Glucose Goddess because she talks about not that you have to completely avoid sugar, but that you want to be wise about how you consume sugar. So if your child is just eating a sugary food with nothing else, the likelihood that it is going to spike their blood sugar and result in that stress response of the body is very high. Where what she recommends you do is basically eat your sugar as a dessert. And it would be the same with our kids. So eat your vegetables first, then have your meat and your carbs and make sure you're having a fat. It's just giving our kids that balanced diet of vegetables, fats, carbs, and protein, and then letting them enjoy the sugar after that. Instead of just consuming sugary snacks, which again is often going to result in that blood sugar spike, then it's possible they're going to have a blood sugar crash later. And I don't know if anyone else has dealt with hypoglycemia besides me, but those blood sugar crashes make you very irritable. They make me very, very angry and grumpy. So I think we also have to be very intentional about if we do want to give our kids sugar, how how are we doing it? Are we making sure that we are not setting them up for some kind of blood sugar crash which again, the spike and the crash, that's going to be stress on the body. It is possible that it could be connected to hyperactivity symptoms. Although again, no studies have definitively said that. But as far as I am concerned, if it's something that I'm not taking nutrition away from my kids, I am all about trying it. I have tried all of these things. I have noticed a difference for my kids whenever I do these things and whenever I am very wise about trying to keep my children's blood sugar balanced as well. So I would almost call that like a bonus tip number five of that keeping your blood sugar balanced. But anyways, I just hope that this gives you some ideas to try. Just start with one of them and see if you start to notice a difference in your child. And if you do, then keep doing that and then try another one. Just build on from there and see if your child their ability to have their needs met, to feel like they're not overstimulated, to feel like if they do need that sensory input, they're getting it, that we're not giving them foods that are making things worse, that are causing issues for them. All of those things, I think we can just kind of create this. It's like building blocks. We're just building upon one another slowly over time. It takes time to get there, but we will get there eventually. We just start with one thing and we just keep moving forward. I hope this has helped you and I will see you back next time. Hey, before you go, if you found value in today's episode or you learned something new, would you take a minute to share with someone else that you know would be blessed by it? I would also love it if you would leave me a review. This lets me know that you're enjoying the show and I love hearing from you. You can connect with me further over on Facebook or Instagram. Until next time, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constantly in prayer. Romans 12, 12.